Welcome everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. I am your host, Catherine, with my co-host, Samuel. What is up, everyone? Let's talk about art, baby. Yeah, so is today... That, is that a better tagline? Hey, baby, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about art, baby. Um, so I think your, your um, opening line should just be something new every time. Like, it's not consistent. And then one day... I'll edit all your opening lines together. So it's just you saying weird things to art people. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no art people. This That one makes more sense than uh, what up T-Pain. That's true. <laughs> so today we are talking about news articles again um, with no special guests. It's just gonna be Samuel and I chatting it up about what is going on in the art world. So I have some articles and you have an A article. I have A article, yeah. We well, don't know each other's articles, so this could be um, a shit show and just have one news article between us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have plenty of other stuff we could talk about too. About life, the meaning of it. <laughs> what What is art? What is art, actually, yep. I like it. So what's your news article, Samuel? So mine is the big thing everyone's talking about, which is Gene Hanging. Is that his last name? Hanging. It says H-A-A-N-I-N-G. I was Hanning. Hanning. I think so. Hanning. Yeah. H-A-A-N-I-N-G. I was, I have the same news article, but it's interesting. It, it is. So for anyone that doesn't know, uh, he was paid what 84k to make two art pieces and they came and he presented them their two art pieces and it's basically a white canvas he did do stuff to the canvas a little bit but it's not what they were expecting what they wanted was a re-indition of uh, where there's danish bills lined up and it's part of like this frame but he decided that he didn't want to do that He's going to create a better art piece for him. And he then titled those two blank canvases, Take the Money and Run, which I think is what the art museum is even more upset about. <laughs> because oh, I think the it's, title. Yeah, I think it's the title. But reading what uh, Hanging said, that he made them something worth more money than what uh, they, how much they gave him, I think he's right. I mean, this art piece, as we always talk about, art's not just something you painted, but it's something that has like feeling and a story behind it. We're, we're in love with artists that have that story. That's why we like Banksy and things like that. So he's created this really unique story behind that those two pieces. And now those two pieces, even though they're blank white canvases, they're, they are worth more, in my opinion. They're definitely worth more. So I don't... I know the museum is upset and trying to get their money back from them, but I don't think they're going to because it's art and, you know, art's very subjective anyways. And this, those two pieces are this weird movement in like our art history right now, which um, I can elaborate more, but go, did I miss anything? Um, I was just going to, um add to it that it is a danish artist and the museum that we're talking about is the Kunnen, Kunnensen? 
I didn't write it down because I was like, I don't know how to say that word. I barely know how to say the artist's last name. Hansen, we, I decided that my professional superhero superpower, my professional superpower would be uh, knowing how to say everything. Yeah, how useful would that be? Um, so your superpower is just being able to read? Yes. <laughs> just <laughs> so read any word. Con uh, the, I think it's Kunsten Museum of Art, um, and that is in Denmark. So he is a um, Danish artist. And um, I thought it was really interesting because I didn't know this when I was just looking at the headlines um, that, like you said, he was asked to recreate old artwork. Mm -hmm. And the artwork that he was asked to make was from 2007 and 2010. And a lot of it from when they were interviewing the artist on Danish radio, he was saying that why should we show artwork that is so old? Like that artwork was made during that time for a reason to show the relationship between the Aust Austria banks 14 years ago. He's like, I don't want to make this work again because it has nothing to do with our economy now. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense because the museum that he gave it to is the Museum of Modern Art. And he's mm -hmm. got a really good point there. And he was saying that he was frustrated because to reproduce these two pieces, he would have to shell out $4,000 of his own money each piece. Mm -hmm. And so he was saying that he was frustrated to have to use his own money. Uh, why be paid when you have to, you're not making anything as an artist. And he was saying that he encourages other people who are in the same situation where you have this great project, but it's miserable working conditions. And so instead of doing the project and putting your own money into it, just take the money and run. Um, well, as almost a form of protest and that's i think what we're art right now especially with all the artists big artists that are going around i feel like we're in this unique period in art history and we'll look back at it going oh there's this uh, dynamic between artists and money and like banksy and things like that don't think art should be sold or don't think art really has a price value and as the consumer because we're a consumer society we want to be able to put a price on it so we can own it and call it ours but art's for everyone so now we have, have this weird dynamic of uh, artists are almost rebelling against the idea of money and this is I think his too like take the money and run like he gave them two amazing art pieces but they're upset about it but he's he took the money and, you know, didn't give them what they wanted because art isn't necessarily a consumer good. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, I always think art has a weird relationship with money or at least artists do because the whole idea of a starving artist, they're doing art because they have to do it, not because they want to make money off of it, but then they get to that point where they are successful and people are willing to pay them for it, but 
obviously in this artist's case, he wasn't feeling like he was being paid enough money to be able to reproduce the pieces. And mm -hmm. that was his form of protest. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a really interesting uh, article because it's kind of, it's actually really funny. It's just you, the title of it, take the money and run two white canvases. Like it's a brilliant idea. And it's, I think something that's going to, when you go to a, a museum, 10 years you're going to want to see that piece so you can be like oh yeah this piece had that story behind it I didn't realize that he did things to the canvas I thought they were just blank canvases he there's like white paint kind of on it it didn't they keep saying it's a blank canvas but when you look at the pictures it's not a blank canvas and the museum has it up hanging up right now so you can go see it did you so, see what the museum called the exhibit that no, it, it's called it worked it or, or they called it work it out <laughs> work it out <laughs> that's pretty funny and the artist was saying that the work um that he took so he's saying it's not a theft it is a breach of contract but the breach of contract is a part of the work mm -hmm. So, cause my whole thing was like, why did the artist even accept the contract if he knew that it wasn't an acceptable contract for the work that he was being asked to do? But if he went into it knowing that he was already going to use the strategy, then he must've known ahead of time that yeah. he was gonna do this. Well, it would have been really funny if he, on the back of the canvas, he put the contract and just highlighted the parts that he breached. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then it's part of the art as well. Yeah, but I think you're right. I doubt that the museum is actually going to take legal action because they do have two pieces and it is getting so much attention mm -hmm. that they are probably worth more than the pieces he was asked to recreate. Oh, yeah. Just like the, uh, I'm going to bring up that Banksy article one that got shredded it was supposed to completely shred but some malfunctioned and it only half shredded and they're going to resell that and remember when that happened uh, there's a bunch of people that always were like no that that picture's ruined you can't get any money and mm -hmm. we kept saying like no it's it's worth millions more now because it has a story behind it mm -hmm. that's why people like it's the same way you collect cars there's a whole bunch of like really nice like Fords or whatever. I'm not a big car person, but there's like a certain Mustang. Fords and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have like this things. really nice Mustang and it's worth this price. But then if like, I don't know, Bob Saget, I don't know who he raises. <laughs> Bob where, Saget owns this Where is the story going? <laughs> bad analogies. <laughs> Forget it. Okay, Bob Saget is in a Ford car. <laughs> And he owned that car. And if Bob Saget owned that car, now there's history behind it. That's all I'm saying. Then that Ford is going to be worth more. Yeah. Well, there's a ton of research um, that if people actually own art, the number one thing that people do when they have guests come over is they will give them a tour of their house, but it's they're actually giving them a tour of their art pieces around the house. 
Mm-hmm. that's like their center focus because like you said it's usually comes with a story hey I know this artist this is what this piece is about and people have pride in the story that the artwork comes with so this is not a news article but this is an actual question for you since you're a performance art piece how do you how are you going to make your pieces last through time? Because walking through the art museum, I walked through, Ashley, what was the art museum called? Slam, St. Louis Art Museum. She, she didn't want to have her voice in the uh, uh, <laughs> Did podcast. she whisper it to you? Yeah, <laughs> she whispered it to me. <laughs> um, so I was walking through that museum and seeing all the like physical pieces of art and you know those last through time and people can come and enjoy it how how are you going to get your performance pieces or be known as a performance artist through time because I think eventually after 20 30 years you just get forgotten like how do you how are you going to be known as a performance artist especially dead especially as technology changes, because I could say, oh, all my performance art is videotaped and recorded. Like there's that product that lives on. Mm -hmm. However, the technology can change so much that it will date the video so much that people aren't going to sit there and watch it. Um, So it is something that I've really thought about and I'm trying to think about more as I continue on as a performance artist. Mm -hmm. One thing that Marina Abranovich does, and she was kind of pushed to do this by galleries who really wanted to show her her work, but wanted something also to sell, is Mm -hmm. she will collect the items that she uses in her performance. And those are the items that then live on as her, her performance art becomes the items within it and that's how it lives on okay so to even take it one step further do you think let's just say you do the frosting one again Mm -hmm. and then you collect all that frosting on a blank canvas and you smear it into this and you make art and then have it harden then that could be your art piece Totally good. And it's a great idea. The only problem with that is because it's frosting, it will disintegrate over time. You can lacquer it or like put a film (laughs) around it, I guess. (laughs) You could, you could encase it, but who knows what will happen to the frosting under it. Um, You, I could do an art piece and then photograph it and then have the photographs. Then make that photograph an nft mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now that nft because will nfts live on forever with technology changing and stuff i still have a hard time getting my head around an nft because ashley and i just watched this tiktok because now i'm on tiktok trying to welcome promote, promote <laughs> my business and i just realized it's a dark hole of you get on tiktok the chinese uh, government knows how you uh because it's a chinese program i I don't want to sound racist it's a chinese program (laughs) that just has such good videos and you're just like stuck and they go so fast and it's just like you can you can waste so much time on it 
it's yeah, so bad. It, it's so bad. Um, but we watched one about NFTs and it's about the uh, eagle. It's a epic eagle. And they, he was saying they sell them for 20 bucks or not 20 bucks, 200 bucks. And they said in like six months, you can resell yours for triple that amount. Like, and his example was like this lazy monkey ones did the same thing. And now they're selling for $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's again, that weird relationship we're having with money and art. So is this considered art at the end of the day, or we're going to have two big separations where one is what the artists believe is art and what the common people believe is art because they can put a, a value behind it. Mm-hmm. And this they'll become a part of art history, but I think there'll be two big branches of it where yeah. it's not necessarily the traditional art, but art that's not supposed to be for money. And there's art that is just money because the, the Eagle thing's cool and they're kind of cool looking pictures, but I don't think it's worth $10,000. It's nowhere close to that, especially if I can take a screenshot of it and now I can put it on my wall. Mm-hmm. And one thing that helps me sleep at night as an artist who's just doing weird performance art that's not selling anything um, is I, I could easily make art that sells. I could paint Humble brag, geez. cows <laughs> on a farm and make a good amount of money. Or I could even look at what's hot in the market now and I could recreate that and start selling artwork. But those pieces, those artists are never going to make the history books. So Mm -hmm. either A, do I want to make a good amount of money as an artist, or do I want to be the artist that has the goal of actually changing the arts landscape and potentially ending up in history? It's likely I'm not going to, but that's the kind of art I want to make, something that actually has meaning and is for art art for art's sake rather than making a few bucks and calling my career pretty good rather than potentially having a dynamic career that people actually care about that art that art cares about rather than the art consumer that likes to buy monkeys it was like lazy monkey or lazy monkey. the new ones epic eagle i looked it up today because i was like oh i should look it up um and this morning when i looked it up they're all sold out oh, but i don't yeah. even know how to buy it do you have to do cryptocurrency to buy these stupid things or can it be real cash i want to play cash <laughs> and is it just an email like it's so it's so mind-boggling especially if you're not um into doing all the software stuff that even some of the words they throw out, you're like, I don't know. Sure. Mm -hmm. When you kind of think like, if it's hard for you, then it's got to be hard for most people. How are all these people buying NFTs? Yeah. If it's difficult. Well, I feel like there's a certain limit that will get a whole bunch of NFTs and then they won't be worth anything. The market will be so saturated with them. But as of right now, it's like the unique, like cool new thing. So people want it. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's a weird concept. So your next thing is to maybe make art from your pieces. 
Do you have any uh, performance pieces that you're working on now or toying with? So I, I, yes. And I, it failed when I was trying to do it. So I needed to redo it and try and do it. But what I really want to do is I want to encase a crown in a block of ice to where it's floating in it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I want to wrap my warm body around it and try and get it to melt. Oh, geez. So, so, so I can get the crown out because um, it's this pursuit of um, beauty, this impossible beauty um, that causes your body pain and anguish and frustration. And so I want to do that, but I tried doing that um, in our freezer. And what I, I had a um, ice chest and the way to freeze ice to where it's clear is to not have a top over it so you have an open container of oh. frozen ice i had the crown set in there and um, strings hanging it up so it will freeze in the middle everything was going super smoothly um a i did not ac account for water expanding when it is frozen <laughs> didn't know that so it leaked over the top and then froze the ice chest to the bottom of our freezer <laughs> i also midway decided that the water instead of being water it should be water but with um food coloring um so i put red food coloring in the water so now it looks like blood um so it froze and then i thought it was completely frozen and asked tyler to get it out i had a deadline i was working towards so he was like trying to get this frozen ice box out of our freezer. And because it was frozen to the bottom, it cracked and all this water started pouring out of the, because <laughs> it wasn't solid. And now oh, no. our freezer looks like I murdered someone in there. So I was like trying to clean it up, like taking all this blood water out of it. And it's, Basically, we have to take out all the food and then unplug it. And then I have to clean it because even the ice up the side of the freezer is all red now. Oh, no. But from that piece, I could use the crown as a, as a, the product that lives on. Mm -hmm. hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I'd like to get back into painting and I have a couple ideas of how I want to do that too so um yeah I just need time yeah I know there's not enough time to do time and money unless, unless you quit your job and then just do art mm -hmm. but then you're probably living in a shack somewhere or like a one bedroom where you your mattress is on the floor and then all your art is around everywhere exactly yeah, Tyler would definitely divorce me if I wasn't bringing in some money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can take care of a baby all day. Yeah. As he becomes your art pieces, your brush. That's one thing I want to do more too, is more artwork about motherhood. But I haven't had a great response to the artwork that I have made about motherhood so far. I think people aren't interested, but it's. I think it's important to the woman's journey but a lot of people don't want to hear about it 
Yeah. I mean, keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Yeah. As long as you're doing art. I think that's yeah. the most part. You got one more story for us? Um, I, so I do have a story that Tyler brought to my attention and he's like, oh, you need to talk about this on the next podcast episode because it's about performance and it's a new news article that you should be talking about. And I did research and it's from 2017. It's not a new article. Uh, it's not new? No, but I think the video must have just got uploaded to TikTok and now it's making its rounds. So everyone thinks it's a new article, but it's not. But it's interesting to talk about. So an artist, Deborah D. Roberts, is a performance artist and she basically went to the Mona Lisa with like assless chaps and mm -hmm. exposed herself. She was flanked mm -hmm. by two men and the um, words she was saying out loud was Mona Lisa, my pussy, my copyrights. She <laughs> <laughs> kept yelling this and then basically got arrested for indecent exposure. Mm -hmm. And she went to court. They said she was innocent because she's an artist and it was part of her art practice. Mm -hmm. But they gave her like a hundred days of volunteer hours. Um, but her idea was mutiny and mutiny in an artistic act was why she did it. But what I think is interesting is why the Mona Lisa? Yeah, I don't. And what was she saying? My pussy, my copyright? Yeah. It's another weird thing to say in front of a random paint. It's not right. I guess it is random. It's random painting, but why? So weird. Yeah. Well, it's so weird. And I, I, I read articles like this. I'm like, oh, is this why people think performance art is weird? Because you're just A, getting naked, A, shouting in public at a, at a public place that should be, I don't know. So it's on TikTok now, and now people think it's a new. Yeah, it, the whole uh, her interacting with the security guard and the security guard having to like pull this half naked lady away from the Mona Lisa is what TikTok is interested in because she's who filmed it. Uh, it looks like someone from the crowd, but it might okay. be someone working for her that was like, "Hey, I'm doing this performance. Come." record it for me yeah but huh. I just thought it was it was interesting too with your question on how performance can live on this is a pretty old old performance but now it's just starting to gain momentum again because, because of, of social media mm -hmm. which is what or how performance art could actually live on mm -hmm. being uploaded and I guess it has to be video Mm hmm yeah and it's from it's a cool idea if it was not from someone that was working with her but from uh random people because that's what performance looks like to the outside observer yeah from different angles and whatnot 
And that's totally possible with everyone having a cell phone now. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's so many times you see something horrible happen and all of a sudden you see all these people just instead of going to help, they just pull out their phone like, oh, yep, I'm, I'm going to record this instead of go help that person that needs help. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. But there's um, performance art has this idea of you are just a naked artist, like it's an artist doing something naked, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of power in nudity. But sometimes I think it's used merely for the purpose of attention. Like um, Ryan, Ryan's performance that we went to mm-hmm. um, at Tag Gallery, Ryan Hennessy, um, he got nude and then broke items on the wall yes this right yeah were they was it the canvas he he did all these they weren't canvases they were uh, like tile and he broke them apart that said different things and then there was like stuff underneath the tile as well and it was about his it was about relationships and love and loss Mm -hmm. and i think and being exposed yes and i think in that sense the nudity makes sense. Like there's a reason where you're just like, this is who I am. And you feel that way. You feel so exposed when you're going through heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Or is this, I'm like, ah, the met. And maybe I don't know enough about her work, but I'm like, are you, I don't know. I don't want to say anything that gets me in trouble later. And I'm just not getting the concept. Yeah. I mean, do more research let's bring it up next time to a random artist that we're interviewing <laughs> yeah hey how do you feel how do you feel about my about pussy getting, copyright yeah about getting naked in front of the mona lisa mm-hmm. well you ready for plugs yeah you want to do them or you want me to do them oh i mean personal plugs i was gonna say <clears throat> uh because i've been you've been asking me like what plugs mm-hmm. i should be doing and i keep going i got that website so I've re I've updated my website. So um, I've ta- been talking about writing poems and prayers and stuff like that. So I just go through old notebooks now and I've been posting them up on the samuelcooksey.com website. So if, if you're interested in reading any of that stuff, it's up there along with the two free chapters of the old book, not the renewed one. And then, you know, Hopefully this next week, the, the redone first book will come out. Very cool. You're making money moves, man. That's cool. Well, summer's over. Okay. So you have time. <laughs> I have time. Yeah. Because before you had said that you weren't really comfortable sharing your poems and prayers. No, I wasn't. But no one goes to that website anyways. I've had zero <laughs> people go to it, even though I've been mentioning it here. So it's it's all good so it'd be a nice place to keep it without keeping these notebooks around because I like to keep the notebooks but they're full of like random notes as well so and it's it was kind of cool to go back and read some of the old ones mm-hmm. that's cool so same old cooksey project nope just same old cooksey.com mm-hmm. okay that's so- all the writings eventually I'm going to merge my goal is next week to start doing the podcast 
and just do a quick 30 minute one in the morning, knock them out and upload them and then have that started again. Cause I've been listening to this, uh, a couple different things about being consistent and how important it is and how it's just getting started again is the hard part. And I think that's, what's holding me off from doing it. Cause I feel like I need to keep the same structure and stuff like that. But with just being open and doing it, you'll get that voice. And with that a voice, it'll become easier. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I, I think starting a project is one of the hardest things. The hardest step. Yep. So I'll, I'll be continuously uploading any poems I have. I've got some really old ones and uh, a newer one that I'll be posting up some newer ones. Anyways, that's it. Very cool. What's your plugs? All right. Uh, you can follow us at Miss Art World on Instagram. You can visit our website, missartworld.com to see past um, episodes, get a little bit more information on the artists. You can also visit us at uh, YouTube at the Miss Art World channel, and you can sit there and watch us talk to each other in little boxes, which is always kind of cool to see us interact with whoever we're interviewing. Um, and don't forget to hit that um, subscribe button and leave us a comment and suggestion and anything you want to share with us. And that's it. (laughs) Sounds good. Bye, Art World. Bye.